When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. My Talkers, we are hanging out with Lori on the most productive day of the week, and we've got a special guest host with us in, to, in with us today. Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune is here to bring us into the Night of the Golden Globes. We are excited. Thank you, Chris. Chris, thank you so much for filling in for Julia today. It's kind of perfect timing. It is perfect timing. You know, I just realized as I was listening to the suburbs, I have a Pavlovian response to them now. What I hear them, and I'm like, I get to see Lori and Julia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's so fun. But thank you for coming in today. We've got a lot to talk about with the the weirdest twist we've ever seen in an award show that the Golden Globes has gone from being a favorite award show to practically not welcome and now airing tonight on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but there's a lot of movie stuff to talk about, but I do want to let people know that um, we are going to be giving away, we're going to have finished the lyric for, um, we've got tickets to give away before they even go on sale to the Billy Joel Stevie Nicks double concert bill at U.S. Bank Stadium on November, November 10th. 10th. Yeah. Pretty exciting. And the tickets go on sale on Friday, so you're going to have a chance to win tickets before they're even available. And, um, uh, yeah, so that's kind of exciting Mm -hmm. um, to have these tickets to give away. And then we also have a pair of tickets to give away for a wild game at some point today. Absolutely. I've seen both Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks separately. Separately, same. I think that's like a great... Two for two for one yeah. concert kind of a situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say their audiences are very complimentary. Yeah, and then um, you're going to hairspray tonight. Is that opening down at the Orpheum? It is. Yep, tonight through Sunday. And what what are your expectations? What do you know about the show? I mean, it's a great show. It's a great show. I've seen it a bunch of times. I saw it actually on Broadway with Harvey Firestein. Oh, you did? Yep. And then I saw the first tour that came through here, and I saw it at Chanhassen, and all three of them were fantastic. So I'm kind of guessing it's going to be fantastic. And uh, uh, Nina West from RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. is now playing Tracy Turnblad's oh. mother, Edna, the Harvey Firestein role. Yes. Uh, and I don't really know Nina West, but I'm excited to see them in the part. I think Andrew Levitt is Nina West's alter ego. Okay. I love that show. I love the movies. It's Even, such a great story. Those yeah, songs are amazing. Like songs. You cannot stop tapping your toe throughout the whole two and a half hours. Yeah. And if you've never seen the original Hairspray, the original John Waters movie, that is hysterical. It kind of works in every iteration. The movie version with John Travolta is also really well done, it, I think. It is. So he uh, created a sturdy vehicle that has weathered a lot of different twists and turns. Yes, he really has, that John Waters. He's quite a character. We had him on last year for his book. 
He, I interviewed him a long time ago. Actually, he was here for a different book tour, and he's a really fun to talk to. Yes, he was because to say anything, mm-hmm. but also really hard to interview, at least for a newspaper audience, because he said so many things that I couldn't use in the newspaper. Yeah, he's so, not printable. Yeah, he definitely was not. <laughs> I kept hearing in the back of my head the editor of the. Uh, this was at the Pioneer Press when I was there, who would say, well, pe- you got to remember, Chris, that people read us over breakfast in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if they want to hear about John Waters' sexual exploits over breakfast in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Now, you cover both movies and some shows in town. You have like a dual critic role. For the Star Tribune? Yeah. Yes. I think I know everything about everything, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. I love it. So will this be will this review be in tomorrow's? It's going to be online tomorrow. I okay. think it will be in the actual paper on Friday, I okay. think. Uh, that might still be up in the air. But yeah, mm-hmm. we'll get it in as soon as they can get it in anyway. And I am I am very excited to see the show. It's a really fun, happy, makes you feel good about humanity Perfect show. Perfect time of the year for this right? show to be coming through in the, in the depths of January. Which, you know, normally this week and next week are our two coldest weeks. And according to... To uh, Ken Barlow, we have like two weeks of unseasonable 30-degree weather, which does feel warm after the bitter cold, you know? I'm just hoping some of this stuff will melt Melt. because there's nowhere to put it. I know everybody else has the same complaint, but I was talking to my garbage morning who I have... or recycling person who I happen to be there when he came today and he's like yeah people don't know where to put them out for us because there's there's nowhere to go yeah the same situation I was up in Duluth last weekend and they get dumped out they got like two dumpings they got like 20 inches and then they got like another 10 I mean it is the snow the snow banks at the Miller Hill Mall could now be small ski hills. Yes, bunny hills. <laughs> they're yeah. so big. I mean, they're so... Take they're your kids sledding there for sure. Yeah, they're so, so high. I didn't get a chance to finish this morning, but um, the finale on Showtime of George and Tammy was Sunday night. And it's just a six, you know, episode miniseries about the tragic love life of George uh, Jones and Tammy Wynette. And I I do love these biopics, but um, the thing about this show that is it like supersedes or transcends the relentlessly depressing story that these two both have is that Jessica Chastain and Michael Shannon are acting their behinds off and they're both singing for real. And sound just like those singers. That's crazy. But I believe it. They're both fantastic. Yeah. And those songs, too, you know, it just popped into my head. I I have never really been a country music fan, but a few years ago, some friends and I went to Nashville and went to the Country Music Museum and Hall of Fame. Isn't that amazing? I love that place. It's fantastic. So do I. It's so good. And I don't even care about country music. Yeah. But there are these stands where they have little stories about different songwriters, more songwriters than singers, Mm -hmm. although in some cases they're both. And you can listen to songs. And I kept listening to songs and being like, wow, that's a really great song. Who wrote it? George Jones. George Jones. It would be like, he stopped loving her today, Good Year for the Roses, all these fantastic songs. He's right. an amazing songwriter. And they show when he had the hardest time recording He Stopped Loving Her Today, because that song was basically about Tammy Wynette. Sure. And he kept trying to record it, and he kept just getting drunk and not being able to record it. And this producer, who's the guy who was very key with George Jones' success, he gets Tammy Wynette. Now, they've been divorced. 
she's remarried to come in and watch him while he sings he stopped loving her today and they did it in one take and oh. this is all from Georgette Jones's book Tammy huh. and George that's the source material so it's kind of got little nuggets like that so i would say you know if you have a showtime and and you like a biopic about you know people who might have a tragic life but George and Tammy is good and i fully expect that Jessica Chastain and Michael Shannon will be nominated for Emmys next year because they are on a roll, these two actors, and they're so good in this. I'm always fascinated, too, by songwriters, and like you mentioned Billy Joel a minute ago, so he he writes always on a, on Always a Woman about his first wife, Elizabeth. He's now several wives separated yeah. from her, but he's still doing that song. Like, yeah. are you still thinking about the person you wrote it about it when you sing it 40 years later? Or do well, you'll you have, have to... to ask Billy Joel if you get a chance to interview him before he comes here. If John Green to. doesn't beat you to it. <laughs> Stevie Nicks, who are you standing back from now? Right, that's right. All right, listen, when we come back, uh, we are not mad how hard Austin Butler is leaning in to his Elvis Presley uh, Oscar campaign. And last night he was on Jimmy Kimmel just giving us everything. We've just got a little, a little sound bite for you when we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Hey everybody, it's Lori here for First Equity Mortgage. I just asked Chris if Chris if he'd use First Equity, and you did use First Equity, didn't you? I did. I refinanced a few years after I bought my house. Yeah. This is back in the mid-aughts, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, they're so easy and great to work with, David, and that whole team. He was the greatest. He came over to my house. I feel like he was there an hour. We were done. Everything went smoothly. It was great. Yeah, and that is the experience that people have. Uh, Leah and Levi sent us uh, a testimony about Nick, about he was exceptional to work with, his knowledge, level of communication, and ability to produce the most competitive financing along with his communication to the listing agent helped us secure our home in a highly competitive market. So that was earlier this year, uh, last year. We would highly recommend Nick and First Equity to everyone we know. Thank you so much. Uh, give uh, email to David my talk keyword David. Oh, Austin. Leaning in to the Elvis campaign on SNL a few weeks ago. That was the goodbye to Cecily Strong. That was a great goodbye. Mm -hmm. Very moved by it, too. Yes. So, Austin, leaning as hard as he possibly can, all six feet, two inches of him. He shows up on Kimmel last night for not one, but two segments. He's dressed like Elvis. He's got a sheer... I can only call it, uh, only Elvis and Prince were men who really were comfortable wearing blouses. Yes. It's a sheer blouse that's unbuttoned mid-chest. Uh-huh. And then the black fitted jacket, the slim cut pant with just a bit of a flare, and then the half boot. And then rings on his fingers, and I mean, he just looked beautiful. There were women were crying and screaming in the Kimmel audience Whoa! as Austin, who played Elvis. Is he in danger of never being castable as anything else? No, I don't think so, because, A, you know, he's been acting since he was 12. Mm -hmm. And it's take, you know, he's transitioned from being a Nickelodeon kid, the CW, 
you know, Quentin Tarantino cast him. He was Tex Watson in a small part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he was on a on Broadway like um four years ago, The Iceman Cometh with Denzel. And I think he just fi- finished Dune. I think his career is on fire. Okay. And I think he's enough of a chameleon. It is hard to believe like how much he looks, sounds, acts, embodies Elvis. I mean, even how he was holding his hands last night on Kimmel was very Elvis. Tonight, he's going to the Golden Globes. He's not bringing his girlfriend, Kaya Gerber, who's 20, to his 31. His publicist said no. He's bringing his sister. So, I mean, the public, they're really, you know, making space because tomorrow the, the, the Screen Actor Guild nominations come out. Yep. Tonight's the Golden Globe. So he's already nominated for a Critics' Choice, which is next Sunday. So, I mean, they've just got him. He's got a, he's in the lane to strike. I just feel like at some point we need to take off those blue suede shoes, Austin. Yes, he definitely. Maybe it, at the end of this awards run. Yes, he's going to keep it on all the way through. Keep okay. dressing like Elvis. Here he is talking about, I thought, how many stories, you know, can we hear? Because like, um, did you hear about how his audition? Because it was going to be Harry Styles or Miles Teller. Yeah, According I to Baz Luhrmann. And then Denzel called. Cold called him Boz. They'd never worked together. But Denzel, he's like the godfather in Hollywood, called Boz and said, you're going to get a audition tape, and it's from this young man I'm doing a play with. He's an incredible actor and very dedicated. I just want to know that you're going to watch that. And Boz was like, I can't believe Denzel's calling me. And I heard this on a, you know, Elvis Live from Graceland panel that they had earlier this summer. And he did, and it was Austin Butler singing um, Unchained Melody, which was a favorite cover of Elvis. And Austin got himself to cry because he thought about his mom, who died when he was 23. Elvis is, you know, he was 23 when his mom died. So Boz was very taken with that. And then Harry who? Miles who? It was Austin's (laughs) job. But here's... uh, Austin Butler talking about basically, you know, one of his Oscar storylines is, you know, the preparation to play Elvis because Baz Luhrmann, they didn't have the rights to do any early Elvis music. Colonel Tom Parker signed away all the early 50s RCA stuff, Uh so they couldn't use Elvis's voice. They needed someone who... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And sing, sound like Elvis, those recordings from the 50s. And um, so one of Austin's, you know, storylines that he tells in all these interviews is all the all the ways that he dedicated himself to becoming Elvis Presley. So here we go. One thing was also his laughter. You know, how does he laugh? And and so I, I made a compilation of his laughter. And you when, did. I was, when I was finally able to leave the apartment, I would I lived right on the beach in Australia and I'd, I'd walk down the beach for hours with a headphone in laughing as Elvis. So it looked like this man just absolutely out of his mind. There was, you know, surfers are, are looking at me going, what's happening here? Um, but that was my life. And what, and after all that studying, how does Elvis laugh? Well, I mean, many different ways, but one thing that he would do is he would do this ingressive laugh, which is like, I don't know, I've done, done that in a long time, but it was like, <laughs> That little, that little <laughs> suck in that you get, you did that a lot. One thing. How about that? I mean, do you see the dedication <laughs> to letting us know he's playing Elvis? I'm not mad at it, Chris. Well, and the other thing is, because of the Tom Hanks COVID, he had a lot of time to be working on that ingressive, if that's a word, yes. laugh. Because they had, what, like a nine-month delay? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. yeah. He didn't see his family for like almost three years. He got. I know it. The la- but you know he really and even in these interviews he's giving us Elvis. Oh yeah, I don't know what Austin Butler's voice sounds like because he doesn't seem to use it anymore. Yeah. So anyway, I can't wait to see him walk the red carpet with his sister, and I am expecting Austin Butler to win the Best Actor. For Golden Globes tonight. In a musical or comedy. In a yeah. musical or comedy. Yeah, it helps that he have those they have those separate categories. Yeah. I mean, don't you think it's a no brainer for like the Golden Globes? They love a biopic. And a musical. And they love a musical. And they love Boz Lorman. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. I can't remember who else is in that category, but yeah, I think you're right. But I mean, burying his bronze chest. Did we post this, Grant? We did, yes. So Thank you can you. go check the play. And like you said, he's got the look and even just the way he Rubs his hand on his chin a little bit. He's just got all the mannerisms going, and it's he's he's doing the tour very well. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, in a black unbuttoned blouse to the middle of his chest, so Prince. <laughs> he so had a good elegant. tan. He had a good tan going too. Well, he was he was in Cabo last weekend explaining to his girlfriend Kaya Gerber why she couldn't go to the Golden Globes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taking my sister instead. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he is just a real oh. good looking. Man, he's a snack and a half for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. those of us that have followed his career have loved him since he was Skyler Carrie Bradshaw's boyfriend on the Carrie Diaries on the Good Old CW. Sadly, a show that was canceled after just two short seasons. <laughs> well, it <laughs> made him free to go on to bigger and better things. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then do you know what I what someone means when they call uh, Baz Luhrmann when he calls his three films the Red Curtain tri- trilogy? Yes. What is it? Well, theatrical essentially. They, in fact, some of them. Moulin Rouge opens with I think a red velvet curtain. Um, Strictly ballroom. Strictly ballroom. Moulin Rouge. And maybe Romeo and Juliet would be the other red I curtain. I guess that's the other one. Yeah. 
because people are wondering if this, if with the Elvis movie, Baz Luhrmann is entering his Blue Curtain trilogy. Oh. Ah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, I don't know. He didn't really have anything uh, to say when somebody asked him about if it was his Blue Curtain trilogy, because I don't think he wants to commit to anything at this point. Well, and he, I mean, he throws so much into each of those movies that it seems like it's usually about seven or eight years in between projects for him anyway. Yeah. And the costuming in that movie was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're always epics. I mean, even the ones that kind of bomb, like that Australia movie, there was a lot going on. still had the epic shower scene with Hugh Hugh, uh, Jackman Jackman. on the Outback. I'll... Never forget that scene. <laughs> I don't know anything else about that movie, but that was That's all an, you need to know. Yeah. That's an epic scene. All right, listen, we come back. Uh, we're going to talk Golden Globes when we come back. In the meantime, we have posted the 50 most unforgettable Golden Globes uh, fashion, if you want to take a look. It's a very fun trip down fashion memory lane. All right, what's happening on Traffic Lane? Absolutely. And before we get to that, ingressive sound in phonetics means it sounds by which an artist stream, an arch airstream flows inward through the mouth or nose. So he was using that word properly. Bye. He's using million-dollar words on the march to Oscar. Very, very well played by Austin Butler. Everybody, it's Lori here for Hammernick's Interior Solutions. They're celebrating 75 years in business. And know this about Hammernick's uh, family-owned is they have the largest, largest in-stock selection of 100% waterproof luxury vinyl tile and plank flooring in Minnesota. And you'll always receive an immediate 12% off your in-stock purchase. And they've got just... Such a huge selection. They also have, if you're just looking, you know, for you've maybe you've got small commercial space or you've got some, um, you know, a basement or a family room where you just need um, some carpet cut for it. They've got lots of remnant carpet that they can cut to size. And that is really a good deal. They've got two locations in St. Paul, Rice Street, their original location where there's a flooring superstore in the design center. And also right off of 169 in Bass Lake Road in New Hope. That's Hammernick's Interior Solutions. Are you or a loved one? Well, that music is for you, Chris Hewitt, uh, a critic for the Star Tribune, covering in movies and some shows. And uh, tonight is the Golden Globes, airing on a Tuesday night. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, This follows a scandal about the lack of diversity within the Hollywood Foreign Press Association um, alongside a different scandal about basically how you could buy, bribe your way to a Golden Globe. And don't forget the misogyny. The misogyny, the the lack. Yeah, the reward show was not televised last year. NBC, the longtime home, home, ended a contract that would have seen the Globe stay on NBC until 2027 they gave notice mm-hmm. to dick clark dark dick clark productions and tonight is the last unless something happens and it ends up being you know a ratings bonanza of some sort <laughs> you really planted a thought in my head about what that could even be on a, tu- a Tuesday night ratings bonanza with Jared Carmichael. Yeah. I just, unless, as we were saying earlier, somebody slaps somebody, I can't quite imagine what it's going to be. I know. because and, and mostly we're not, we didn't get it on Sunday night because NBC is the proud owner of Sunday night football. Right. And the only program that reliably brings in viewers. 
NBC wanted to make sure the Green Bay Packers losing the that's playoff right. spot was on. That's right. That's right, they did. They are not going <laughs> to give up their cash cow to no. you know see to to air this, and so the show has been mired in controversy for three years. And on top of that, ratings have been going down for award shows for years anyway. Which I'm just crushed because I still love an award show. Yeah, I kind of wonder at some point if a lot of them are going to get booted off of broadcast TV anyway and sent somewhere more specialized. Like I, the Tony Awards? I don't like that idea, no, Chris, at either. all. I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I guess they asked. Um, uh, according to Matthew Baloney, he reported and he writes for Puck. P's and P-U-C-K news mm-hmm. that Jamie Foxx was offered the hosting. Chris Rock was offered the hosting. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were asked and Ricky Gervais was also asked and then they landed on stand-up comic and Emmy award-winning actor Jared Carmichael. And he he told Jimmy Fallon that one of his ideas for a promo spot was a joke about how when he goes downtown in a sexual sense, uh, he looks like Viola Davis in an emotional scene. And NBC said, you can't run that promo. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So he's more than willing to push the envelope, but we'll see what NBC lets him uh, do and I don't know if the Hollywood Foreign Press, you know, if they have a say, but I don't think he's a big enough star to get people just to tune into that. So I've been telling everyone all day that I've been writing, don't forget the Golden Globes is tonight. My hair, hair just, Jasmine's like, they are on a Tuesday, so it's not looking good, Chris. No, and nobody's gonna go. I mean, none well, of the- Eddie Murphy and Ryan Murphy are being honored. Okay, okay I know fine. it. I know it. Uh, <laughs> the Murphys are there. Um, Brad Pitt and Steven Spielberg will be in attendance. Austin Butler will be there. Uh-huh. They don't. Jennifer Coolidge is a presenter. A lot of NBC shows, you know, they'll be presenting. Ah, I'm not be... hearing your Nicole Kidmans no. or your Kate Blanchett's. And you know why? Because the damn Critics' Choice, which is on Sunday, upcoming Sunday, on the CW, Chelsea Handler hosting, they have, like all the A-listers decided, I guess their publicist decided, eh, we're not sure about the Golden Globes. Yes, you're going to present at the Critics' Choice. Which not, which has not routinely been like a place that stars flock to. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, and it's because Golden Globes hmm. is, you know, kryptonite a little bit. Well, and also, kind of, you know, we were talking earlier about with the Golden Globes fashion that it's basically every star who's on the awards circuit's second favorite dress, or maybe third favorite. Yeah. Maybe they pick their second favorite for the SAG Awards. But probably that's what publicists are telling their stars, too, is, you know, if you go to the Golden Globes, you're going to look like grade C level stars you know kathy griffin ish yeah yeah i mean i looked at like grant posted the 50 most fashionable moments globes this is their 79th year 
Okay, so there's some history. And I was looking at it, and we've had some fabulous fashion moments at the Golden Globes. Um, People maybe take more risks at the Golden Globes, maybe, fashion-wise, right? Like uh, Angelina Jolie was in uh, Versace, a white and red one, kind of a dual one. But there's also the picture of her in her first Golden Globes for Girl Interrupted, also in Versace. Jumping in the pool in that same dress at the Beverly Hilton that night because she won. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, Blake Lively, Reese Witherspoon, Beyonce in this beautiful El Ellie Saab gold gown the year she was in Dreamgirls. Oh, right. And, um, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, because the Globes, it's the mix of the TV and the movie. So there was, it was very fun looking at. Uh, the fashion, Audrey Hepburn in 1980 got the Cecil B. DeMille war- Award. And when I looked at the photo of her, I just thought, look at that. In 1980, people were not whitening their teeth. You mm. never see anybody with natural teeth in Hollywood anymore. But in the photo of Joan Collins in 1983 winning the first time for Dynasty and Audrey Hepburn, I'm like, look at that. Just regular old teeth. <laughs> just regular With a bigger old bit of yellow like, coffee stain. Like my hygienist who's about to push whitening, looking at my mouth and saying, oh, are you a tea drinker or a coffee drinker? Yeah, right. I know. Thanks. You're like, thanks. So, <laughs> no, thank you. Anyway, well, that's posted for you. Do you have, if I were to give you... Um, Best picture, best motion motion picture drama, and you are voting. Um, it's Avatar, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, and Top Gun. So Elvis is in the drama category. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. And best picture musical or comedy, The Flippin' Banshees of Inna Sharon are in that category. I mean, it's kind of funny. Yeah, their categories have always been a mess. Remember when The Martian was billed as a comedy for some reason? Yeah. And that wasn't funny. So, well, Do you have any predictions? Okay, so let's have you give me a prediction for the drama category, Chris. I mean, it is hard to predict what those 80 crazy foreign journalists are going to pick, but I would say maybe The Fablemans. I think that's probably the current Oscar frontrunner now anyway. I don't agree with that. Whoa, that was very vituperative, too. I know. What's going Good on word. over there? I, I just think it was a solid B movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's that great either, but it does seem like Hollywood loves it. And it's about movie making and <sighs> Steven Spielberg. I don't know. <sighs> All right. I, I'll right. For, for musical or comedy, Babylon, The Banshees, Everything Everywhere at Once, Trango, Sadness, or Glass Onion. Well, either Banshees or Everything Everywhere at Once. It does seem like Banshees is kind of on the awards tour, though. Mm-hmm. I would choose Everything Everywhere at Once. That movie is bonkers, and Michelle Yeoh is amazing. Yeah. And Banshees, did you like that? I did. I didn't love it. I think it's good for what it does. And I do think Colin Farrell and Brandon Gleeson are both pretty okay. fantastic in it. But all yeah. right, all right. Uh, let me see if I can get any other good picks out of you. Um Austin Butler is mo is best actor in the motion picture drama going up against Brendan Fraser the whale. They're not going to vote for him. For Brendan Fraser? No. Because of the fact that he's boycotting the ceremony? Yeah. Unless they want to show how big they are. Maybe. By, but uh, I think it's Colin Farrell probably there. Uh, he's not even nominated. What the? Hugh Jackman for The Sun, Bill Nye for Living, and Jeremy Pope for The Inspection. Let's just give it to Al- Austin Butler. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's who we want to win. Um, maybe, thank you. Yeah, I don't see, uh, Brendan Gleeson is nominated. 
for Best Supporting Actor in Banshees and a guy named Barry Keegan for Banshees. Oh, wait. Colin Farrell must be nominated in the comedy category. The yes. The musical or comedy category. Yes, he is. Okay, so that's why. This is so. That Banshees is not a comedy. No, it has a couple of funny moments, but people's hands get cut off. I mean, it is not a comedy. Yeah, I've been waiting to not spoil that for people, but when Casey told me he wanted to watch that last week, I said, I know about something that happens to Brendan Gleeson. He basically cuts off his nose to spite his face, and Casey goes, don't ruin it for me. And then he watched the movie, and he goes, I hated that movie so much. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's when it helps to kind of know what to expect going into, because, yeah, it does take some turns. Yeah, I don't want to see you anymore, so the guy starts chopping things off his own body. And if the Golden Globes are billing it as a comedy, that's not helping matters. No, it isn't. Yeah. Um, All right, so you're not expecting much. You're not even going to watch it for real. You're going to be at Hairspray. I am taping it, so I'll probably watch it in about 45 minutes when I get home from Hairspray. But yeah, I'm missing it. Yeah, the red carpet, you guys, starts at 5 with E. Um I taped it. I'm going to have to hate watch it in the studio here because um, I am praying with everything I have that Laverne Cox is um, stopping with her questions that she's asked at the last five award show, which is, what is the story that you're just telling me right now? (laughs) (laughs) What is the story that that one... J-Lo dress that looked like it was three different dresses jammed together. What story is that dress telling? That was Golden Globes for The Hustler. It was right at, you know, Golden Globes always happen the week after, like, New Year's, so she was dressed like a Christmas box. (laughs) She was still with (laughs) Alex Rodriguez, and that was the, that's the first first that I really remember of her getting it wrong. Oh, you know what? I think I can Hollywood speak that dress. Yeah. I meaning Jennifer Lopez, am foreseeing into the future when the Oscars are going to snub me for this movie and I'm not going to get nominated, so I'm wearing my Oscar dress, my SAG dress, dress. and my Golden Globe <laughs> right. dress all at once. All at once. All it was smushed a lot. together. It was a lot. All right, listen, um, when we come back, now that we're done talking about the low-key nominations <laughs> uh, for, for the low-key Globes tonight, when we come back, let's talk... A little TV. There's one movie, famous movie, uh, that is being turned into a TV series that I want to get your, what your thoughts are about how this will move forward as a mini series. Famous movie starring Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. Intriguing. Hey everybody, let's go shopping for furniture at Furniture Manor. And uh, I was sitting having case having coffee with Casey this morning he's like looking at our new uh, couch and uh, a rug that I got and he's like you know what you did really good in picking out this stuff and I'm like and I did really good because I had Dana and Robin helping me I when it comes to buying furniture I want it to be as painless as possible I do not want to drag out uh, you know what I'm going to do I was hoping not to have to pick fabric I was Really hoping to find something on the showroom floor, and I did, and really good pricing. And uh, so, but if you're somebody who you love to get into the detail, you want to pick out the perfect fabric, the right, you know, different kind of legs, and you know, all, all the uh, accessories. They have that too, but it's not overwhelming. It's amazing pricing, family-owned business. That's Furniture Manor, two miles north of six ninety-four in County Road eighty-one. 
Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Uh, Chris Hewitt filling in for Julia. And, of course, you can follow him on uh, Twitter at Chris Hewitt Strip. Can you repeat that one more time? Your mic wasn't on, but Mm -hmm. Hewitt Strip. Sorry. Yes. Just trying to get you some more Twitter followers. Love it. Love it. Okay, so Paramount Plus, um, you know, last week they had a very good week with Taylor Sheridan having... Out of the 10 most streamed TV and movies, uh, that three of them were Taylor Sheridan projects, Yellowstone, wow. 1923, and Tulsa King. Crazy. Pretty unbelievable. So they, they're, they're, they're on fire with what they're doing, and they have a premiere date. Um, they are doing a TV series, Fatal Attraction. It's going to premiere on Paramount on April 30th. And it's, uh, they had a television critics association thing yesterday in Hollywood. And so the, this original series based on the 1987 psychosexual thriller starring Michael Douglas and Glenn Close, um, will premiere with two episodes on Sunday, April 30th. And Joshua Jackson is the Michael Douglas character. My interest is piqued. Okay. Um, Amanda Pete. Is his wife basically the what's her name? Ann Archer. Ann Archer. And then Lizzie Kaplan is Dan's obsessed lover, played by Glenn Close in the movie, Alex Forrest. So Lizzie Kaplan. That could be interesting. It could be. So following the original film, Fatal Attraction will follow Dan, a man who becomes uh, his lover's obsession following a brief affair. So reimagine. Um, the movie. Well, and Glenn Close famously did not like the new ending, the ending we all know, that they made her reshoot later on. So maybe they're going to... Redo that. Monkey around with, yeah, some of those things, too. I could see that being a miniseries, actually. There there was a whole lot going on there. Yeah, I, I think so. It's going to spend more time with Alex and her point of view. Which I think I, is good. And I lo- Lizzie Kaplan is so terrific. I just love her. Yeah, I might be coming around to this. Yeah, okay, so that's happening. There's not a new trailer or anything. They just let us know yesterday the date is set for when that's going to air. definitely see Joshua Jackson in some steamy, partially closed scenes. Yes, same here. Now, how about, um, did you by any chance see the Grease prequel trailer that was released in the last day about the Pink Ladies? I did not. Yes, the Pink Ladies is going to be on Peacock. But granted, I watched the trailer. It looks so fun. Oh, really? Yes. It's the prequel. So it's basically the Pink Ladies. Is it their moms mm-hmm. that started? Yep. Oh, so not even Rizzo and Frenchie, but no. Rizzo and Frenchie's mothers. Moms. Mm-hmm. The and prequel, there's yeah. like a lot oh. of good people in uh, the Pink Ladies. Um, but who would those pink ladies be? Uh, let me tell you. This oh, is my the, second the Grease reference of the day. I was at a video store in Robbinsdale this morning, and I asked him, what's your most rented movie of all time? Because he's been in business for 40 years. Grease. Grease? Really? Grease. This is the last video store renter? Yeah, Video uh, Universe in What's Robinsdale. it called? Video Universe. When's it closing? Uh, <laughs> end of May. Oh. They're going to liquidate their... Uh, inventory before they close, but yeah, yeah, very sad, very that's totally the end of an era. And so he said, Greece is the most rented, yeah, 
So we've got Marissa Davi- or Dav- Davila Davila as Jane. Yeah. Cheyenne it's, Ensemble. It's called Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. It's 10 episodes. And the teaser, the teaser trailer doesn't um, disappoint. Jackie Hoffman is playing the principal. Oh, mm-hmm. Love her. She's amazing. It is the ladies. You know, they're at Rydell High. We don't know any of... Like these are all people that we don't know, yeah, but new, a lot of newcomers to to the to the to the ladies. They're all newcomers for the most part to the acting world. Mm-hmm. Is it a musical? Yeah, there's going to be singing, dancing, romance, and fashion. Yeah, choreographer Jamal Sims is handling the dancing and all of the the singing and stuff for the for the show. So it's it's got a big name choreographer okay. tied to it. It takes place four years before the original Grease. Okay, so when four fed up outcasts dare to have fun on their own terms, they create the Pink Lady group that Rizzo, you know, becomes a member of it. You know, when it's her turn. Huh? Yeah. All right. So I, it looks really good. You got to watch the trailer, make up your own mind. But it that's going to be on April 6th. Mm-hmm. On, that's also on Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus, not yep. Peacock. Paramount Plus, yeah. I it's, mean, Paramount Plus is, uh, they kind of, they've greenlit a lot of stuff. Since the offer, it's been really rolling. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Peacock is probably the future home of the Golden Globe Awards. Probably. <laughs> probably. Point. Did you ever watch the offer, speaking of TV shows on Paramount Plus, The Making no, of the Godfather? No, I didn't. Chris. I know, but I don't have Paramount Plus. <laughs> oh, well, but you I should get maybe it. Maybe should get it. You could uh, get Tulsa King, watch Sylvester Stallone, chew up the scenery. You could watch your movie stars Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren be incredible in 1923. And the Pink Ladies. Uh, the Pink Ladies, yeah. Time, you get it. All right, all right. All right. Uh, Pamela Anderson, we get our first trailer for her. Um, you oh, know, she's her doing her own documentary. Mm-hmm. Will you watch this? Uh, hmm. Maybe. I didn't watch Pam and Tommy because I felt like, I don't know, it seemed kind of icky. We felt icky about it, Very too. Icky. We didn't. We watched like three episodes and then we stopped. So I like that she's sort of taking matters into her own hands. Yeah, she's. it's going to drop on January 31st, the same day her book comes out. Smart. And it's called Pamela, A Love Story. So you got to love that when someone does their own documentary. (laughs) But she's loving herself. and um, She's been in therapy. And she's been in therapy. And she, I do a thousand percent believe her when she just said, you know, how traumatic that was having that, that tape stolen and released. And, you know, and then she was vilified and Tommy was like glorified. Right. And I mean, we weren't talking about consent back then, Mm-mm. but there definitely wasn't any. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Anyway, I I know I will watch this show for sure. This and this Netflix. is on Netflix. Yeah. It's going to be on Netflix. Yeah. And um, you know, the thing is, I, you know, she has such an interesting love life. You know mm-hmm. <laughs> how she gets married and not married. You know, and unmarried and all of that. But. Um, yeah, I think um, talk about having age be a yoke around your neck, be a glamorous sex symbol from the ninety. You know what I mean? That would be like so hard to yeah because of how Hollywood always defines particularly mostly women. Yeah, by our looks, by our age, by our expiration, looking good for your age. I mean, it's never 
Right. And when you're 40, you're pretty much done. Well, what's the joke about the three stages of an actress's career in Hollywood? Stripper, district attorney, and driving Miss Daisy? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so she's basically driving Miss Daisy now. Yeah, yeah. That's and awesome. I read a thing where wow. her money, the the money that, you know, like that she's already worked out, and I learned this from watching her reality show, is that the rights to her image, all her bombshell when you think of like how beautiful she was, you know that will be her sons to do with it. But that's where that's where the money. I mean, that's how the Marilyn Monroe money makes the state. You know, huh. Elvis, and so that's where she'll be more worth more money when she's gone. Interesting. How about that? Like a music library, but a photo library. Images. Yeah. Right. Huh. I like that. Hmm. Yeah. And then, anyway, that's posted too. If you want to take a look at that, we'll be right back.